Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Nothing, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. It's a this was a tough sports weekend. We it was starting we, with the Caps. <laughs> yeah, the Caps and Jamie Lacrosse. It was a rough one. Yeah, even my Everton. It just yeah, the whole it was a rough, a rough go. It wasn't great. No. Mm. Even Phoenix, I was kind of rooting for last night, and then whatever that was, I, like, I was rooting for for Dallas. Dallas, yeah. I did not see that coming. I mean, like Luca coming out of the gates just fine. Yeah. That was impressive. But then once I got up to around forty, I was just kind of, uh, you know, it was icky. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like ugly. And I don't know what to think about Chris Paul. Man, he he's got a track record of of having <sighs> really great teams in the regular season, and then just that was. I, not a strong performance. Um, yeah. No. And I hate to hang it on one guy. And I hate the whole No, guy. I don't think you can because uh, Booker was like Booker 3 for 14 or something. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, but, uh, it's just, I, but I guess what I'm saying, like, I don't know what to think about him. Is I feel like a veteran who's had such a good career, I should be openly rooting for him to get a championship. Mm-hmm. And I did kind of say, like, James was pulling for them for that reason. He's like, oh, I'd like to see Chris Paul win one. And I was like, oh, yeah, I would too. But I don't think I really care. Um no, I, I, I was kind of in. I don't want Dallas and Boston because of Simmons. Like, I, I, don't, I just don't want Boston because right? of Simmons. No, me neither. Exactly. But also, he's like Luca, you know, anyways. But yeah, I, I, I liked Phoenix because they were so fun to watch the last couple of years. Yeah. And I'm just frustrated that that like style of play isn't going to. Well, I'm a big Monty Williams fan. Yeah, me too. And I just get annoyed with, like, I, I mean, I acknowledge how good Luca is, but I'm also like, kind of annoyed with his style of play sometimes kind of and, James Harden-esque yeah yeah exactly and um and I don't know I, I just I also just wish like he would get in shape yeah like I think he could be an all-time great player but he's not you know very James Harden-esque right yeah. like, yeah, I, like, he's a lot like Harden right where Paul you feel like okay this guy's like kind of maximized his career and has nothing to show for it you know I just but, I, I find some of Paul's brief moments where he gets overly competitive mm-hmm. and acts out in a kind of dirty way are tough for me to get over. You know, this it, he's not Grayson Allen. No. But he's done a lot of things where you're like, eh, just just pipe down. I do like Devin Booker a lot. Yeah. And I well and you know, longtime listeners and readers will know I, I really like Mikhail Bridges. Um yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh I also uh I don't know, my Greensboro time just, you know, Chris Paul is a is oh, one of the, you know, the biggest native sons of the triad. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, big, big star, but that, but our biggest concern this weekend, Rob was right. Um, yesterday. Was, disappointment was yesterday. Yeah. And then we should start with the fact. So Jamie lacrosse, they won on Friday. They won a game in the NCAA tournament. Um, they won pretty handily and played great on Friday. Right. They really I mean, did. And re- really did. Horrible conditions. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't terrible until the second half, but yeah, they really did a good job of like not letting that change anything. And they were pretty dominant. And I think you could see why. Um, Defensively, they were great. They were great. And you and can see why. Offense. Molly had a terrific game. Mm-hmm. And then none of those things happened yesterday. No. And, and I, you know, I'm as, probably as guilty as anyone in overlooking Loyola. I mean, I, the frustrating thing yesterday was that like, I don't know that it was Jamie's defense that really struggled with Loyola yesterday. Um, not to say the offense was great or anything, but it, it felt like Loyola had a plan and they were able to execute it. I don't know what happened. Um, it just felt like they were they were moving, getting a lot of open shots, and it was like they 
they were yeah. patient enough where they could make that one extra pass where, where a girl just had like a completely wide open look. Yeah. You know, like it's patient. And then defensively, they were very good too. They, they did were. a really good job defensively. Like, you hate to say this, but they were just a better team yesterday. There's no, no shame in that. And it was a great season. Um, That's what I mean. I mean, Loyola lost one game all year. Like, yeah. Yeah, and know, they played the game. The, that was the best game. Yes. They probably played. I mean, I'm acting like I've seen them, but I didn't watch any of their other games. I'm not going to lie here. With Loyola. I'm not like, oh, right. well, but everything that you read or listened to the announcers, like they just peaked yesterday or maybe they didn't, maybe they are peaking, but yeah. that was as good as they played. You just got to tip your hat. There's no shame in that. It stinks. If you've played sports, mm-hmm. you've run up, you've hopefully had days like that, but more, <laughs> I can guarantee you, you've played <laughs> in games where other teams have had days like that. It just happens. Um, yeah. You had a team that's firing on all cylinders and it feels like nothing can go your way. But the thing that I don't know if you watched the game throughout, I actually watched to the yeah. end and the, the announcer was making the point like this JMU team is a lot like Loyola last year. Mm-hmm. Young team coming back, made it to the second round, pretty disappointed. But now look, Loyola, you know, is taking it one step further and who knows? They got a tough game at what, at Boston College? I yep, think. at Boston College, probably going to be very high scoring. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think nice. we saw, I mean, everybody, you know, if JMU, I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know how the portal, you know, how crazy the portal is in lacrosse, but I, or at least on the women's side, I know it's pretty crazy on the men's side, but I, you know, we saw after the game, Rachel maybe was very upset and said, she's coming back. Um, you know, Durkin, like if the two of them are back on defense, that's going to help whoever the new goalkeeper is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know Peterson's only, you know, can come back. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the start of your offense right there. I, yeah. I mean, Knobloch's a sophomore, yeah, it's going to be – they got a lot coming back. And I, the other thing – think the other thing I underestimate, we get so focused on the games against UVA and Maryland and, you know, North Carolina, whoever the – the teams we perceive as being, like, the big games for JMU. If you're Loyola, like, JMU is a 2018 national champion. Yeah. Like, sometimes I forget that, like, this is the, the – t- this is a big game for a team like Loyola, you know? Yeah, like, they're going to get up. Already has won a championship. That's yes. a big deal to face a goalie like that. Yes, know? right. Um, she's been in the U.S. program. You know, like, yes, that's a big deal. So, um, so it's I, tough to end, but just a great season overall. Yeah, and I mean, round of 16. I, the other hand, did you see North Carolina? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, we, we mentioned last week. <laughs> was it 25 kind of, to 2 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It, was it UVA? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, didn't matter, it didn't matter who it was. No. I mean, this was like a, a Larry Johnson UNLV team, uh-huh. you know, going on. It's just, it's crazy. Somebody, it's looking like a collision course, them in Maryland, but oh boy, they they are, they are pretty nasty. Yeah, I mean, my friend who plays for Northwestern mm-hmm. has, you know, she has said it's North Carolina and everybody else. Yeah, like, 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 like she's like, we can beat Maryland or lose to Maryland, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, you know, and uh, well, it looks like. Maryland is like that on the men's side. Yes, also yeah. like they could be go down as the one of the all-time greatest teams. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's a tough way to go. We were hoping to have this week to talk about it, but I'm not going to get. I mean, they lost 18-8. Loyola was a six seed for a reason. Good luck to them. It was really frustrating, I think. But like you said, the round of sixteen. Keep your. You know, they won a tournament game under really tough circumstances. They didn't let the CAA keep them from the opportunity um, and a lot of talent coming back if they so choose. And they answered the bell as well as any other JMU. They program. did. 
Big in time. this weird year of, you know, you got to go out and earn it. You don't have the conference bid available to you. Go make it happen. And they did that. So yeah, great job. Great season. Disappointing end, but, you know, looking forward to, to next year and battling Florida for the conference title. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go Florida this weekend, I guess. They, 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 they got through. I think they got through this weekend. Didn't they so, be serious, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I can't remember now, but yeah, yeah I was thinking, uh, I actually laughed, Rob. I don't know if you saw it. We're gonna, well, let's go to softball next. Um, really cool thing this weekend. JMU baseball, who had a rough weekend on their own, mm-hmm. but will be home this coming weekend for UNC Wilmington yeah. um, for their final series of the season and their senior day. And they are actually going to do a, I don't know whether they're calling it a co-senior day, but they're also going to honor JMU softball at this game. And they're going to do a pregame ceremony for Alexis Bermudez, Kayla Bozeman, and Madison Story, the three seniors on the softball team this year who, you know, didn't get to didn't, didn't have a senior day. Um, this is incredibly cool. We I think most people know that Travis Reef Snyder has been wearing 22 uh, to honor Lauren Burnett. Um, thought it was pretty cool. Lauren Burnett's family has requested that all memorial contributions in Lauren's memory be made to the JMU softball program. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's no way to say it, but I, it's certainly great that the school is doing that this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I hope a lot of people can make it out there. Uh, really cool. And then I laughed because on the on the more lighthearted note, and if, if you saw Louisiana... Raging Cajuns were the only ones who made the tournament from the Sun Belt, um, but they went into an extremely JMU heavy uh, bracket, sub-regional. So they're going to Auburn, coached by Mickey Dean, and they are playing UNC Wilmington in that in that in that sub-regional. So I, I was like, oh wow, Louisiana's uh, really getting the full JMU treatment here. <laughs> um, I think they play Auburn in the first game, and, and you know. Uh, I don't know. I'm not assuming anything, but good luck to the Cajuns uh, this week. Yeah. Same way we were thinking about Florida. So, you know, baseball, I don't know what to say. I, I imagine we will have a conversation about baseball sometime in the next month, um, one way or another, in terms of whether, you know, what the direction of that program is uh, headed into the offseason. Well, so, the, really, that's the big baseball news, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. is. Um, this mock draft I'm looking at, which has <laughs> Mr. Chase Delauder going to the Mets at number 14. Pick 14. No, no. <laughs> which I don't know. Baseball's so weird because it's like you can get oh, drafted by anybody. It doesn't mean yeah. you're going to make it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you yeah. could play for Burgers. Yeah. The yeah. first round pick usually. Yeah, first round pick usually gets a pretty good chance. I'll stick through. But you never know. that It's not yeah. unusual for these guys to be you know, the top prospect and then deadline deal. They're the type that are sent away, but um, so who knows? And I mean, baseball is one of those sports where even if you're a first round pick, even number one pick, no guarantee you'll even make the majors. Mm-hmm. But, um, to say that I would be quite excited uh, mm-hmm. if DeLauder ends up at City Field is is the understatement. And that would be my yeah. first jersey purchase. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be the same for me if, it was a, if he was ever in that for sure. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. We're going to do some Dukes and the Pros here. Uh, tonight, but yeah, now that would be look. 14th would be awesome. Just getting drafted in the first round would be really cool. Oh yeah, um, I mean, it, and 
everybody's yeah. saying like, oh, he's one of the top college prospects. That still is the case. It, it is a loaded mm-hmm. draft with high school talent. And obviously the highlight being Drew Jones, Andrew Jones's son projected to go number one mm-hmm. overall. He's a high school guy. It's just, it's, it's a crazy sport, but man, that would be super, super awesome to see DeLauder, you know, in the majors in a few years. It would be. And he's one of those guys, when, it's funny when you have this injury as a college player, it's always funny where you get slotted. And then there becomes this argument about like drafting above slot because of payment. Yeah. I remember this when Anthony Rendon mm-hmm. was like, he was going to be like the number one pick. And then he got hurt and went back to college. And that made him slip to like, I don't know what he was, six or eight or something for the Nets. Yeah. But everyone was like, oh, this could be a steal. You know, <laughs> it obviously was. So, yeah, good luck to oh, – look, good luck to baseball this week. They have a game against Maryland tomorrow night, and they play um, – they'll be at home. Uh, that will be almost the end. I mean, they'll be the last team sport stuff uh, for the year for JMU. Uh, the, which brings us to the next thing. We never talk about track. Um, <laughs> but congrats to the women's track and field team um, who won their first ever ECAC – championship this past weekend uh rob and i both didn't know that there are 36 teams in the ecac <laughs> uh so whoever those teams are and incredibly they're like a, a it's like it's a mix of schools like it's everything from like virginia to to yale Wagner. To, <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah um but that's pretty cool i i don't know like whether the dukes are still going to be that's going to be an interesting thing to figure out this summer is like are they going to I don't know what the track situation is because obviously there is, I think there is pretty strong Sunbelt track from what we heard from our colleagues at other schools. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where they go. Uh, but congrats to track and field. That's really great. And uh, just kind of cool uh, at the end of this year. There will be some, I, it just, there will be some track athletes who get a chance to compete at the NCAAs at the end of the month. So like they will probably be the last actual JMU athletes playing in the CAA era, <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens. So I, I, we're not knowledgeable about that. Um, a couple of Dukes in the pros news this weekend, though, Rob. Um, first, Mike Green signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He'll be the third. He had a rookie camp tryout and then signed a deal with them. Um, so we'll have a legitimate chance to you know, go to training camp and, and uh, make the team. And he'll be joining, uh, obviously that franchise has decided that James Madison is a place that they are comfortable with players from. Um, he'll be joining. Yeah, they, they are to JMU what Fulham was to American players. Yes, yes. Know, years ago. yes, he'll be joining Aaron Stinney and Josh Wells. So we're like three eras of JMU football on that team. Um, and yeah, it's, it's actually kind of hysterical that that's where, <laughs> I don't know, I mean, the Bucks are obviously a good franchise the last couple of years, so. Good for him. And uh, good luck to Mike Green. That's really great. And we were kind of, you know, I think we were a little bit disappointed that guys weren't, didn't seem to be getting a shot. So it's good to see at least one player getting a real, a real chance. He, he did it through the rookie camp, which is, mm-hmm. which is a difficult path, but mm-hmm. hey, work, work for Daniel Brown. Yeah. Well, and, and Mike Green's an interesting, I mean, I, he'll be, I, he'll be an interesting player to watch because he is, he's just so versatile. Like yeah. he's played inside, outside. We've seen him change his body multiple times just during his JMU career. Like, I don't know. He just seems like a really smart football player who might be able to find a way. Um, and not not to lower the ceiling here, or no. like, but because of that, 
he seems like the perfect kind of practice squad guy. He does. And, and yeah, exactly. Because he yep. can line up wherever you need him to. Like, like, okay, keep this guy, let him develop. We'll see what, if he settles in a position or do we just keep him around in case we need somebody on the, you know, the tail end of the 53. Yeah. And you know, could he play on specials for sure? You know, all those things. I mean, he's kind of done a whole bunch of different things. Um, he's also just probably one of the strongest players we've ever seen at champion. Like, I feel like physically he will probably match up pretty well. Um, so that's really cool. And then the other one was, I, I don't know if you got to watch, I watched a little bit of this. I actually kind of turned it off at one point. I did not watch. Uh, I was I getting flipped, tech. Yeah, I flipped it on and then I kind of turned it off. And then it started going, Vad Lee uh, led a two-score comeback and threw a game-winning touchdown of in the USFL uh, this past weekend for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Um, kind of interesting. He and Kyle Laletta of the dreaded Spiders uh, were the backup quarterbacks going into this game, and somehow Vad ended up being the one they went with throughout the second half. At one point, he threw an interception to Coastal Carolina's Will Likely. Um <laughs> pretty nice interception and I, that was when I was like uh, this isn't going to go so well and then sure enough he comes back and leads them back twice at the end of the game um, and they won it, you know talk about a guy who's stuck with it I mean is there a league he hasn't played in since he left JMU only uh, one unfortunately you right know. yeah yeah but I mean he's yeah. tried everything perseverance uh, mm-hmm. has to be admired and this is Certainly one of the most dynamic athletes to ever suit him up for JMU. Yeah. But by all accounts, one of just best the people. best men. Yeah. You know? Like he just seems like such a great human mm-hmm. and the way that he's lived his life and just mm-hmm. um, really stuck with it. I didn't watch the game. Yeah. But I did see like him getting emotional afterwards. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know how you can't be happy for a guy like that. Like that's what sports are all about. So it is. Yeah, it was cool. To also, like I, I don't mean to mean oh. to be, like say nice things and then pounce on it, but. He, he was with the team, what, five days earlier? Yeah. And again, it makes me think, like, do coaches and GMs and everything just completely overcomplicate and overemphasize the entire learning the playbook? Like, to me, it just shows, like, <laughs> if you can get out there, like, if you're a player, you're a player. Yeah. You know, like, you just – and particularly if you're a guy like Vadley. Who's that, at, yeah. And at the end, also, he's just got it. You know, like I, oh, yeah. we always talk about how, oh, you got to study. And I have no doubt that it is a complicated thing and these playbooks are tough to learn. But you see things like this or you see guys coming in off the street and uh, to a lesser degree Heineke with yeah. the commanders that are a couple of years ago. And you see guys have a lot of success early on until the league catches up with them. It makes me think all these coaches are overcomplicating it for the sake of being complicated. Oh, I agree. And it made me so mad. I started getting mad at this game the little bit I watched. There was one possession where they ran the ball twice and then made him throw a screen pass that yeah. got stopped behind the line. And it was just so reminiscent of what the Cowboys did with Danucci, yeah. where it's like, if we're going to run a gadget offense and he's not going to get the opportunity to play, why are we even doing, like, this is, if we're going to lose, you know, if, if they're going to lose, lose, you know, like, yeah, I mean, if a guy I throws understand. four interceptions, then he throws four interceptions. But if you're going to make him throw, like, garbage, you know, jump plays all the time, then don't do it. And like, um, I understand this, the USFL, this isn't Bill Walsh's 49ers. Like this isn't right. the, the height of offensive sophistication, but I still think it, it coaches are too cute by half with all of these formations and the studying. Sometimes just let them play football. Let well, them play and football. I don't understand, like some leagues have been like, 
okay, we're going to be specifically a feeder league, you know, like in baseball or in basketball now, I think we see this a lot with the G League, where the teams are almost specifically trying to indoctrinate the players into the the, well, the big league franchises, yeah. right? The what the big league franchise is trying to do, right? Yeah. So if the Golden State Warriors play a certain way, then their G League team is going to play that way too. Yes. Um, where it's a little frustrating. Like this doesn't seem to have that, and like this team, Pittsburgh, had not. I don't, I don't know if they hadn't won a game or they were in like last place. They weren't doing well. And it's like, well, VAD might not be the most NFL ready. So we don't know if we want to play it. Well, it's like, but he's, can You're probably, not he yeah. gives you the best chance to actually win a game as he proved yesterday, right? <laughs> because he can do things that at this level are, you know, really positive for your team. <laughs> And at some point, you need your team to win games. Uh, yeah, it, I know. <laughs> There's all like, what, what the business model is or what the purpose. No, it's is. like, well, this guy might have a two percent chance of making the NFL, and this other guy might have a one percent chance. But if the guy with the one percent chance gives you a better chance to win today, maybe just play him. Like you know, I mean, all these yeah. it's gonna fold. All these yes. oh, are yeah. fold. Oh yeah. So sooner yeah. or later, you gotta find like, do they need a minor league for football? And if so, are you going to? Uh, do you try to build that from the outside and then align with the NFL as some sort of mm-hmm. AAA, or do you wait for the owners to fund it themselves? They're never going to do that. So I, I don't know what the end goal is here. Is it just to get a season's worth of television for whatever networks are showing this? Like I, I don't understand this one or no the, the, US, the AAF, and, which was that weird one that they yeah. guys played in Abdullah and them played in. That like ended like mid season, didn't it? Yeah, but part of that was like that went into COVID and then they just. Yeah, or died that first season. But it, it, I felt like it at least was trying to be like, okay, we're going to be a minor league. And to me, that has a chance. Yeah. Where even the USFL, like the USFL of 40 years ago had a chance because idiots like me didn't have anything else to watch. Yeah. Right. But now, like, I haven't watched anything of the USFL because I, like, I can watch soccer or I can watch F1 or I can watch like a hundred other things that are like, at the highest level, you know? Yeah. So and it's just, it's a weird game because unlike baseball, which minor league baseball is a really good product in markets without a big league team. But the only thing that matters is the, football's already the game. Covered that. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's like, it's also summertime. It's cheap. It's, it's like a unique product, but it's got inroads in these certain communities. And the TV doesn't matter. Yes. Right. Those the, communities that yeah. in terms of football are already yeah. served by college. Right. And in many cases, those people are more passionate than NFL fans. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to draw at the gate. Right. I, I don't know. It just, people will continue to throw money off these things. And what, this is what, the fourth year in a row we've got somebody trying to start one of these leagues? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll be different, but I assume this will be done after this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's definitely players that want the opportunity. So I, but who knows? Yeah. But are you going to run a league just so that's the problem. five yeah. guys make it out of there? Uh, I mean, right. I was very happy for Vadley. And, no, and maybe I, that's I, the peak of his career and his good memory. And God bless him. That's the way to go out. He's a story of perseverance. He succeeded. Maybe it turns into some shot at the sure. NFL. Whatever. Right. I, I don't know. It's just, I don't understand why they keep starting all these leagues. Yeah. What I don't understand is like from Fox's perspective or whatever network is showing the game, like they're going to have to. Like they're going to have to find some return on this at some point. And yeah. I don't know. That'll be always the tough call. So, yep. 
Yeah. Um, but congrats to Vat, and that was really it was fun to see him on the field. So looking forward to the next Pittsburgh Maulers game. <laughs> Is it Richard Davis in the league too? Richard Davis um, caught a touchdown a couple weeks ago for the okay. Tampa Bay Bandits. Yeah. yeah, no, he's been in the league from the beginning and seems to be, you know, he's a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, um, no, it's it's a great opportunity. I mean, I think for fan dorks like us who care about this, these guys and these players, it's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, bigger picture. I'm like, is it going to last? I don't know. It does really feel like there's room for a minor league, but I don't know. I think you need, to, un- you, you need to, to find be a honest about that. And you need to market it as such. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, like the premier lacrosse league where it's like a barnstorming tour. Right. That's a different model that appears yeah. to be somewhat sustainable. Um, well, like but that's also like it, that arena. Is the, yeah. Like arena football has had its moments here and there. Yeah. But it's been because like they sell tickets in the home market, you know, like that makes a difference where this is like all being played in Birmingham and, and nobody's going it's really it. just a TV product. That's like a deep, deep scouting thing, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. That's what's weird. I, who knows? Um, but really fun to see and good for those guys. And then our last piece of news, Rob, we do not have a guest this week, but we're just diving into the deep end. Um, I think fingers crossed, uh, t- tech and scheduling wise. Um, but we're we're going we're going to the uh, the one we said we were going to save for last, but it just worked out that we're we're doing ODU next week. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in case anyone has been thinking there wasn't any reason to listen to the Jamie Sports Blog podcast in the end of May, um, we're going to give you one next week. We're going to talk to some of our friends, friends, uh, some of our frenemies from from down I sixty four a ways uh, next week about. All things, uh, all things monarchs. <laughs> As we get ready to reengage. Yeah, well, did you see? Um, this year's game at ODU is going to be the Oyster Bowl, which is. I actually kind of thought that was cool. I don't. No, know. it is. Like, yeah. This is a tradition going back decades, where they have one game in Hampton Roads every year. I think the money goes to the Shriners or something like that. Yeah. The JMU, one of the JMU ODU games was against it. Like, I'm all for this. Make it something. You know, it, there's That's a fun. big history of football in Hampton Roads. Yep. At one point, I think it was played like high school teams, maybe like, I don't know, to the, the Crabbers and somebody else. Oh, and yeah. then it's been at different, it's been at the non D1 level. It's been FCS. Mm-hmm. So I think this is neat. Um, I don't think this will be the thing. Like, I don't think it's going to be the annual Oyster Bowl. This is not going to be the Egg Bowl equivalent. No, right, but um, right. I think it's cool they're doing this in year one. Um, it clearly matters to ODU, it matters to JMU. I like the fact that neither fan base nor school are brushing it off like just another game people are coming out right away being like let's circle this one on the calendar so heck yeah i'm excited about this one Um, yeah and i'm actually kind of excited i've been the one thing i've been going back and forth about rob um and there's been some sunbelt i've seen some sunbelt chatter about this and arguments about this but you know we've been so used to being in fcs where i mean the last since odu left it's been weird but like traditionally you're your last game of the season was your quote unquote rivalry game, right? Mm-hmm. For many years, JMU and Towson were the last game of the season. Um, didn't always work that way recently. Um, but part of that was the FCS season ended the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. And then playoffs started Thanksgiving weekend. And we know what a disaster that first weekend was. Um, 
And between Thanksgiving weekend and the weekend following that, the first week of December, that is FBS rivalry weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's been some discussion about like, should the Sun Belt put the rival game at the end of the season, uh, which is Thanksgiving weekend. And I don't know how I, I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this. Like there's a part of me. It's like, I think I love it. Like just put it there. I, I, the, the counter argument, the, the people that don't like it are like, well, what sucks is it's Thanksgiving weekend and there's enormous like Iron Bowl level FBS games those weekends. Yeah. Don't put your biggest game of the season that weekend. But I don't care about those things. Like, <laughs> like if that was JMU ODU, that's good with me. Um, I mean, you got to start somewhere. And, and yeah. you either play from position of strength or you just kind of dance around yeah. it. And, I don't know. Part of me says just go for it. Um, yeah. This year it's the week before because we're yeah, it's the 12th, right? Yeah. Right. Or two weeks before. Yeah, which is cool because um, I think JMU is home the last two weeks this year. Um, so this will be their know. last As I get game. older, I'm, I'm increasingly leaning more towards the shoot your shot mentality. And Me too. If it doesn't work out, great. But like it, it's going to take a time. It's not going to be right out of the gate no matter when you put it, particularly if it's like – all over the place and people are wondering, is this the rivalry? Is this not? And no, put it on. I mean, like, like I don't know, but who's Marshall's rival going to be in the Sun Belt? I don't know. You might need to wait and see how things develop. It might have, I think it's pretty safe to say that you're going to have App State, Georgia Southern, or whatever, or uh, JMU, ODU. But beyond that, in the East, I think you might need to let things go and be willing to – you know, wait three or four, five. I days. think you have to because there's seven teams. Like, let's settle in. These are the these are the ones. Yeah, know? I think so too because there's seven teams in each division right now, and so even if you stick with the division model, which I think it's the division model itself is probably up for debate um, yeah. at some point in the near future. But even if you stick with that, that means someone in the division is screwed, right? Well, you've also got some big rivalries that don't happen on rivalry weekend. Like Georgia, Florida is not on rivalry weekend. Correct. And I don't know, like, like you said, that Georgia, abs- Georgia Tech is like around the same time every year. And I mean, it seems sad even considering that a rivalry, but having lived in No, Atlanta, that's a huge deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you said Georgia Southern App State, but the We're truth is like Georgia too. Southern, Georgia State is probably like the more, you know, Georgia centric thing and, and app coastal, coastal is app. almost like, I, or app Marshall. Like, I don't know, you know, yeah, I think it gets weird. I don't think, I think you, I'm with you. Let this stuff develop. Obviously we're going to be fired up for a year or two about ODU. We'll see who's winning, who's not, how that goes. I, my sense is JMU and ODU will always be a rival. Um, JMU and app will probably always be, but I'm looking forward to seeing like, there's nothing to say that JMU and Marshall couldn't be the biggest rival yeah, ten years. We could look back ten years from now and say that's the team we really hate, you know, like or coastal. You know, we could say like we really are annoyed with these people. You know, Todd, Todd, you know what has occurred to me though? But, the fact that we're looking at all these different schools and saying, "Ooh, I could see people being really excited for that game and that game and that game." Yeah, those are not things we were saying about conference games the last five years. You don't want to. You're not. I know. I like. You know. The, the, just it's just great. I mean, no, it's great no, I just don't care about Maine. I just don't. I no. think it's a beautiful place, and that's great. And but I don't care. <laughs> yes, I don't. I really do. Care when you go on the road and no. play to stadiums that are thirty percent full, and you win like seven of eight times. Like yeah. it's it's not that thing, right? Where although. Uh, don't I know well, we've had our bad we've had bad losses to everyone. I'm not saying they it didn't sting, but. No, yeah, but like, like you I, said, 
But I don't yeah. want to go into these rivalries where it's like, oh, nail better every year. I want to win of it. <laughs> I do too. But I, yeah, yeah. For all I know, we may hate Georgia State ten years from now. You know, like, but that will be cool if that's the case. You know, um, so it'll be fun either way. And we're so close. We're getting so close. <laughs> I saw Kevin Warner even tweeted like something he's about like how many yeah. days. Yeah, he's got a countdown up now. So I didn't do my countdown this week, but I guess it's. 45 days to the Sun Belt. Yeah, 110 to FB at Bridgeport Stadium. So, mm, wow. yeah, just that was probably wrong math off last week's count- count- countdown. But mm-hmm. I don't have anything else tonight, Rob. You? I got one brief thing. This is yes. just yeah. non sequitur. But I was thinking about this the other day. Somebody's talking about like painful moments in sports or things that are, like, and they're talking about, oh, buzzer beaters or, uh, you know, caps walk overtime off game like, six losses. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking the other way, like, pers- have you ever done anything cool in your sports history? Like, have you ever had one of those big, like, I mean, clearly, like, people don't know, Todd was good athlete no. in high school, letter, you know, very no. successful, you know, football, yeah. you know, basketball and everything. But, like, have you ever done anything, do you have, like, a signature moment from your own athletic career? Like, did you ever hit <laughs> a buzzer beater or catch a Hail Mary or, like... Because I haven't done crap. I was about to say, like, I've done nothing memorable. I played every sport known to man. No, I don't have and anything I, that. No, I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We don't need yeah. to fill Al Bundy here, like, talking about, oh, against Poke Iron. My like, senior year at Fairfax is the only team to win the region championship and make it to the state tournament for yeah. football. Um, and I did catch a touchdown in the region championship game. And I got my MCL torn um, later in the same game. Yeah, making seen, making, making a catch. You've seen the videos. Making yeah. a catch. That's probably like the closest thing. Um, yeah. It was kind of a weird day because I was like very happy, but also very like – it was a very weird day because I yeah. was very much injured at the time. Yeah. Um, no, I don't have anything. I, I accidentally made my freshman year, freshman year basketball. I did bank in a three at the buzzer to send a game to overtime nice. um, that we won. But I was like the worst shooter ever, <laughs> probably. Um, it was like Ollie and who? Like I banked it. Well, it wasn't. It just actually another kid missed a shot and a long rebound came out. And mm-hmm. like it was just one of those things where you like catch it and throw it. I mean, I didn't, you know, but it was so not like it was not cool because it wasn't in any way intentional. <laughs> like, you know, it was just totally luck. Um, so no, I do not have any, any strong, strong things that way. <laughs> yeah. I got nothing. Like I, I was thinking in terms of highlights, like the closest thing I can come up with is we were playing Gonzaga my senior year. We'd never yeah. beaten them in lacrosse and it was five, five, late fourth quarter. Something happened. Loose ball. I picked it up with like 10 seconds to go at midfield. Uh-huh. And was like, well, I shouldn't have the ball. This, you know, this isn't this isn't good. <laughs> and so I remember, rather than running and trying to score myself, I passed to Jeff Dorenzo, and he scored with six seconds left, and we won. Everybody piled on the field. Nice. But all I remember was being like, well, this is the right. When I got it, my first thought wasn't like I'm the hero. It was like this is the wrong guy with the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Let me look funny. for one of my more competent teammates. Yeah. But I got nothing. Like I, I'm looking back, like I can't even think like house league. I was like, I'm sure I had like hat tricks. I might have scored like four goals yeah. or something soccer. But I don't know if I was even part of a basketball game with a buzzer beater or I guess swimming relays. I had a couple comebacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're like, I you know, I'm really young for that though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about like maybe like 12 yeah. years old, but I think, man, like my whole life was sports. 
and I don't have any cool memories or moments from it. Oh, that's funny. Like I remember having fun and blessed, but like there's nothing. I, I used to joke. I remember Riley Trone, who played for JMU. I, I yeah. played growing up, yeah. and I used to always tell people we were, I think, 11 years old. We grew up in the same neighborhood. We were really good mm-hmm. friends. And he and I combined for 44 points one basketball game, and he had 42. And oh, it was boy. like one of those. Like, <laughs> I, I was witness to some very good games in the level. Yes. But I, uh, I seriously don't, I can't recall ever being around like a walk off in Little League or, like I said, a buzzer beater or anything else. Like uh, they were talking today, like, that's what it was. That was just another podcast. Yeah. And they were saying, like, by the time these guys get to the pros, we as fans are freaking oh, they out. Have, and the pros have been through every single situation so have. many times. They've been it's and I'm like, Yeah, I guess like clearly I wasn't a pro, but I played a lot of sports. And I wasn't through that many situations. Like I don't think I lost on a buzzer beater, I, any of that. So I was just curious if you had No, it's funny. That. I mean, because even the game I was talking about at the beginning, we won the game because we we scored what would have been the tying touchdown. Mm-hmm. And um like in the last minute and we were kicking the extra point to tie the game and there was a bad snap and the holder actually ran it in around it. Like we won by luck too. Like, like even that was like kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like we went the other way in, in the yeah, like, tournament. We lost in the championship to Gonzaga mm. by one goal. And I say four overtimes. I don't mm. know if it was one or two, like it, the story grows as, as we tell yeah. it, but um <laughs> We were losing and we came back and we were up by one late and they, I still remember, like I can still see the ball. They threw a pass. It bounced off our defender's stick and was rolling on the ground like a mm-hmm. bad Disney movie. And our goalie's going, ball, ball, ball. And everybody's like, it's on the ground. And we're screaming and he doesn't see it. Oh. And he's like walking around and we're seeing it roll. And our goalie was awesome. You know, like, okay. uh-huh. and it's rolling and rolling. And it's not, it wasn't even a shot. And you can just see it. And it goes right between his legs and goes into overtime and we lose, you know, four overtimes later. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's devastating. And I still, I still, I want to know what this it is. It's really funny that you brought this up because I actually have a video from my, one of our good friends. Um, and it's a lacrosse, a, a, like in the last month, high school lacrosse, um, Riverside Rams. So mm-hmm. this is uh, Loudoun County, Virginia, um, beat Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, in overtime. They had and never beaten the big private schools. No, yeah. never beaten any of the big private schools. And they've been kind of a dominant program in Virginia for a while. Um, and that is our, our friend's younger son um, made one, like a couple of the biggest plays. He, he actually made, like stole the ball in the, like what became the last rush forward yep. that they won the game on. Yeah. Um, and they, they of course are like, you know, have a video from the stands now. Um, yeah, that's you fantastic. Know, and it was really cool. You know, you're like, and I'm like, but, but like it's Gonzaga, I'm happy. Yeah. And I'm thinking like Benny, their kid, their son, like he's always going to have that to remember, you know? Yeah. yeah he's been in that, you know, I, I, he is going to go play. I think he's going to play D3 college, but yeah, like, you know, yeah, well, it's really cool. I, I mean, I remember picking up the ball and I remember throwing it to Jeff. I remember Jeff running down and scoring. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, that's that's about well, that's what Greg Maddox, I mean, he's our quarterback. So like everything that, you know, was really based on Greg, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So it's pretty funny. Mm. Cool. But no, that's anyway, funny sorry. And then the other one I want to say, Rob, I missed out. I was not prepared a couple of weeks ago when we got that question about music. I have been super obsessive since then over finding some new stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to put another Morgan Wade song on the end of this show. 
um, young woman from Virginia. And then I just, I went back and found the Allison Russell album outside child from Mm -hmm. last year. And that's another, I felt like I had been letting everyone down by not being prepared for that. And uh, just, I've been kind of obsessed with both of those albums lately. So cool. yeah, really. Well, you know, my musical obsession summer is Newport folk as I talk about a lot. We have tickets for Friday this year. They just announced today, Saturday, it's Bonnie Light Horseman with <laughs> Natalie Merchant doing Mermaid <laughs> Avenue. It's heartbreaking to me. Oh, <laughs> I will not be there for that. Oh. I'm very excited. And Lucy Dacus, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about the, the lineup we have on Friday. You know, That's Dinosaur good. Jr. and the National yeah. and Felice Brothers and Taj Mahal and stuff. But the the Natalie Merchant, Bonnie Light Horseman, Mermaid yeah. Avenue is very exciting. And then the Sun. <laughs> Sunday is the roots. So good problem to have. Felice brothers. Very good. By the way, I've just recently started listening to them. I don't know if you listen to them. No, they're very good. Okay, good. Um, Check them out. I think you enjoy them. Yep. Um, Yeah. We'll be ready with our tweed um, when the time comes. (laughs) Yes. All right. Uh, Good talking to you, Rob. Yeah. Good uh, talking to you, man. Yeah. um, Look, good luck to baseball this weekend. And if you can, if you get a chance to be in the Valley, you know, this will be a meaningful weekend uh, for baseball and softball, both. So I'm kind of glad Jamie's doing that. And congrats to the class of 2022. Um, you've made a mistake by leaving Harrisonburg. <laughs> but, yeah. Yes. Uh, Hope, hopefully the, the wiser ones haven't left yet. There's yes. at least a few more weeks. Yes. Stay as long as you can. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'll talk to you next week, Rob. Yeah. Have a good week. Go Dukes. Too afraid to show it